Hi, everyone. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Literally Sisters. I'm Carol. And I'm Andrea. And we're starting a podcast. Yeah, we, <laughs> Surprise. We <sure> fucking are. <laughs> Um, so I guess a little bit about us. We have been friends for a really long time going on like, I think we just calculated it before the podcast, uh, like 26 years. We've been friends since we were six. 26 or 24? 24. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so 24 years we've been friends. We met when we were six years old um, through in church, actually. And... Yeah, and we like spent a lot of time together growing up and through high school. We went to the same high school, but then after that, we've been in totally different places, like in uh, now in different countries. Mm-hmm. So, um we've been mostly long distance for the past like 13 years or so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I live in the USA and I live in Ontario, Canada. So, yeah. that's where we are. Um it's important to note that Carol and I in ninth grade were roommates in a very tiny room. <laughs> and we had a brief period of time where we had to go on a break, but we have obviously since then reconciled and here we are. <laughs> we hated each other in ninth grade. Um, to be honest, Andrew is a bitch. Um, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but no, it was like we were just going through teenage angsty stuff and like we obviously could not live in the same like a hundred square foot room with two tiny twin beds trying to like share all of our space in their closet and everything. So, um, you know what, like yeah. it's such, it's such, um, it was such a growing experience because we can say that like we lived in a GTA studio apartment without actually having to do that, you know? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh. So let's keep in mind that Carol We're... was an original like Toronto girl before she decided to leave for the United States. But here we are. Um, so let's just, that's true. Let's always, Born and raised. let's just remember that she's, she's still an OG Canadian girl. So an, an important note to hold. And still know, legally ourselves. too. And so. still <laughs> legally as well. Totally. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, um, we're both 30. Um, we're only about like, what is it, like four months apart in age. Mm-hmm. Um, we are both married. Mm-hmm. I'm like pretty newly married, so like under a year. Andrea is like an old folk <laughs> um, and has been married for like five years. Um, so Tell me you grew up in church without telling me you grew up in church. Right. <laughs> hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Um, yeah. Uh, um, I, but even though Andrew's been married for five years, I'm the one who's pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd, so I'm like, I think today I'm like 13 weeks pregnant. Holy so. cow. You know what? It's going by so fast. I know. Um, it's, I really. Is it? It feels like very slow for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you are doing all the work. I really do feel like the dad in this situation you know, really taking ownership of your experience, except doing none of the work, you know? So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is really yeah, our yeah. baby. So, but we're really trying to push along Andrea getting pregnant too. So <laughs> that was the whole purpose of this. Um, so 
keep your fingers crossed summer 2022 yeah we'll see i don't know we'll see we'll see i uh sometimes you just get so you know you just get so caught up in your lifestyle you know only having like i can't even wrap my head around having multiple animals right because my husband is so intent on getting a cat he's like i'm a cat man you know, I grew up with cats. Like, I really just want a cat. And I'm over here like, but we already have a dog. That's a lot of work. Like, I do everything for this dog, which I'm happy to do because he's mine. He's not yours. Um, so just the idea of adding in another animal, it's like, oh, so much more work. Another mouth to feed. <laughs> I know, but let's also be real that like when we were growing up, you hated cats and you've always been adamant that cats are the worst. And now your husband's a cat person and now you're considering getting a cat. You know what? I grew up bullied and I don't need to live with, you know, an animal that then bullies me and I feed it. It's like I'm enabling it to bully me. Like I don't <laughs> I don't need that in my life. I already went through that. Okay. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. That's that's the it's the trauma coming out. <laughs> it's the trauma. <laughs> Oh my gosh. No, I like, I literally can't. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's like paying to be tortured. Like, no thanks. So yeah. couldn't be me. But in reality, <laughs> we're just, um, in reality though, like we're just two normal people who have normal day jobs, um, who decided to record a podcast like every other millennial, um, on the face of the planet. So we kind of hope that, you know, our intention with this is just to kind of expand your virtual girl group more than anything else. I know that for me, like, I love listening to girls' podcasts and, like, chit-chat, even, like, couples and stuff like that. So um, so being able to also add in another place for you to, like, hang out and, like, spend time with us, you know, the more the merrier, all that great stuff. And I think we're pretty cool, you know. So I don't, I don't see why not. <laughs> Relatively. 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 And we might have some hot takes. Like, you never know. I think one of our, like, one of our first, like, hot takes is going to center around, like, religion, right? Since that's, like, that's how we met. And it's how we sustained our relationship because of our parents. Like, our parents were very close because of church. And I think um, being out of it now, it's such an interesting dynamic since our families are still very, like, devout in their own kind of way. So navigating that is such an interesting thing. So hot take, I guess, like number two. So <laughs> Yeah, and I think that like different things show up for us in different ways because um, like we grew up very conservatively. Mm-hmm. And so um, the things that like we, the way that we react to religion is probably like on an extreme level right. in comparison to other people who have had like more healthy, like, sure. um, experiences of religion as they grow up. But, sure. um, but yeah, that is definitely one of our hot takes. That's definitely something that like, we're still like probably actively working through like over time and something that we talk about a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah. So if you're on a, if you're on a faith transition. <laughs> totally. I like, and you know, for, for Carol and I, we both went to, like, well, I guess I'm not going to speak for Carol. Carol can speak for herself. But I went to Christian school, elementary school, high school, and university. The first time that I went to a secular school, even using that language makes me feel icky, but a non-Christian school was in <clears throat> grad school. 
right? So I also emerged out of that like faith bubble very late in the game. Like I met my husband in church, right? So there was also that dynamic from like my in-laws are also religious. So um, it wasn't until that I got, I got married and actually left um, home and you know, my husband and I moved to a new city that I actually came face to face to how I was actually feeling. And I was able to follow through and explore and be curious about all that stuff. Um, and that really landed for me, but Carol was a little bit different, right? Like with elementary school being. Yeah. I like went to elementary school and like in the U S they call it middle school. So I went to elementary school and middle school in the, uh, in like the secular to a secular school, regular public public elementary school. And then I went to um, the same high school as Andrea. Um, And so we went to both a faith-based high school and I went to a faith-based college. Um, Then when I went away for medical school, I still, it was still like faith-based in the sense that like it still had like some inklings of Christianity, but, um, but still like pretty sad, like pretty much like you were very much free to do your own thing. Unlike how we were in college and in, um, um and in high school so I kind of started my faith transition at that point Mm -hmm. um and then like continuing like where I did my training and residency and now my fellowship and things like that like I'm now like in secular institutions and so um and I met my husband while I was in medical school but we met like outside of you know we met through friends and things like that another like dramatic story Mm -hmm. um but um, (laughs) so dramatic oh my gosh um I know, I know. Um, but uh, like the TLDR is like he used to date one of my friends. Damn. Um, On record. So I know. I know. Um, yeah. Not actually. That's, that's, that's a, a joke. That's another like. It's a joke. I promise. Oh. <laughs> we no, we, they don't, weren't we don't. They weren't dating they weren't. when we were dating. Okay. They weren't. But we we they did date. We are good with boundaries here in this house. We respect boundaries. It's why we left the church. <laughs> but anyway, we, but anyway, I started like, so I like kind of left church and like those kind of ideals, like a little bit earlier than Andrea. But I think like we both were probably feeling the same thing at the same time. And I think we both kind of felt guilty about it initially and like not really wanting because of like, because of how much our relationship had been anchored and founded on like right. the aspect of religion. And like, we would initially, we would only see each other on the weekends, like when we were like um, both in church and things like that. So it's like mm-hmm. that like was very much like kind of like underlying in our relationship. But so sure. it was, I think it was hard for me, at least it was hard for me initially to admit to you that like, I no longer believed in those things and right. I wasn't going to go to church on Saturday and like right. all of those things. Right. So, right. That being said, though, it was very anticlimactic, I think, too. Right? I think. It's yeah. Like, I'm saying, because, like, once we actually, like, once I actually told you, like, I felt like then you were like, oh, yeah, I'm at, I'm at the same point as you. Right. Like, pretty much. But even still, like, when, um, when it came up, it was, like, very casually in conversation. It's not like you called me and you were like, I have to tell you something. Like, you didn't, like. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that stuff just, like, came up casually in conversation. We were just kind of like, fuck this shit. Like, this is so stupid. And, she, and you were like, Yeah. Like, I've been knowing that. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, I know, like, it was very casual, like, okay, cool. So like, I'm not being, you know, ridiculous or anything like that. So um, yeah. it was just like another thing for us to kind of appreciate about each other. And it wasn't like this dramatic thing. 
I think it was more dramatic no, for exactly. our parents more than anything else, right? But even then, that wasn't even... It still is, it still is dramatic oh, for... Totally. For our parents. They're praying for us. Totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's a little bit about us. That's a lot about us, actually. Yeah. Um, and, like, I will be honest, like, n- like literally, like, 0.001% of our lives now revolves around religion. So it's funny that we spent, like, the first, like, 10 minutes of this podcast talking about religion. But. Um... Yeah, you're not wrong. This is, like, this is not going to be a topic, I promise. Like, this is not a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But although I mean, like, I guess if you're interested in hearing more about our, our experience, like we're happy to share. It's just like it's just gives a little bit of context, I guess, into yeah, like totally. why we have like certain opinions and things like right. that. But I mean, it's a part of our story and it just kind of is what it is. Right. So I think part of like yeah. hanging out with us and like uh, and like getting to know us is that that used to be a thing, I guess. But beyond that, here we are. And this is what's more important is kind of where we've landed more than anything else. So best friends and the vast majority of the time we've been long distance. So mm-hmm. <laughs> here we are. LDR, LDR. LDR. We're in LDR. 100%. Um, so we are both obsessed with sparkling water. And so both of us brought some. And like Carol's um, not allowed to drink it. Because being pregnant makes I'm not bring, being pregnant makes her birth, and then sparkling water on top oh, of it. <laughs> okay, a recipe for. But at least I'll show you. At least we'll show you what we're drinking, oh, yeah. and we'll like open it. It'll be nice. Okay, so my my Ontarioans, or I guess my Canadians, will understand. We got like some some President's Choice Blue Menu sparkling water. Blue Menu, healthy. Yeah, we do what we can. Um, and then I'm just drinking Lacroix. The guava São Paulo. Okay, between the two of us, who's the... oh my gosh, we we also didn't tell them like that. Okay, the reason also why we also know each other and like is because we're both Portuguese, and um, so yeah. we actually met each other in church, but it was like Portuguese, a Portuguese church. Yeah. <laughs> so we both speak Portuguese and English. Um, I also speak Spanish. Technically, we should also speak French because we both learned French in school, but like if we're being honest and neither of us remembers any, any French. But the reason why I, why I remember it is because like this one says São Paulo on it. Uh-huh. And so I was like, oh yeah, we didn't tell people we speak Portuguese. Well, okay. So let's also be specific. We're from Portugal. Like we're not Brazilian. Yeah. We're yeah, Portu- yeah. From Portugal. Right. right. Okay. Right. 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 So we speak like Portuguese from Portugal, from Portugal. Um, which is just like an accent variation between Portugal and Brazil. And like, there's some words that are different, kind of like how you would think Quebec French, like the UK English. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the UK English and like North American English right. kind of thing. Totally. Um, but, um, oh, another important thing to know is that, you know, being Portuguese <laughs> and, and being from Toronto, like both Carol and I were born in Toronto, um, is that like parents are also immigrants. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so first gen. My parents are first gen um, immigrants, or I guess they they immigrated. So I'm the first gen the Canadian. Yeah, um, Canadian born. My yeah. my mom was born in Toronto also, but she moved back um, around age five, and then she lived there for quite some time, and then she came back uh, later on in life, and then. Um, but my dad was born in Portugal. He immigrated when he was eight. And then he's been here ever since. So, um, so yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm like, so it's like half for me, but um, 
but both of my parents have lived in Portugal for extended periods of time. It is what it is. But um, all of my grandparents currently live in Portugal, same with Carol's. Um, so, but all of my cousins and stuff um, live in Ontario also, but all of Carol's family, like Carol's family's, like her parents are the only ones that are in Canada. Everybody else is still in Portugal. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's kind of cool, kind of cool. So, um, you know, sometimes we, there's like some portuglish in here. So don't be surprised. Do not be alarmed. <laughs> Faju, relax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. And now we can finally open these. I know, <laughs> that's right? like the longest. <laughs> that was such a tangent. Oh my God. Totally. That's, that's what you can expect. So. Honestly. Okay. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Oh, I did mine before you. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like you can like, like this microphone is so good. Okay. So my husband is amazing, obviously. And he, um, does a lot of video production as part of his job. And so he bought me this microphone for Christmas because Andrew and I have been talking about doing this podcast for like literally like probably six months. We've been talking about it, about like it as something that we wanted to do. And then we're like in the new year, we're going to do all this stuff. Right. So he bought me this like beautiful setup and like this awesome microphone. So um, that's why my audio sounds the way it sounds. And hopefully we'll get Andrea up to this level eventually. Yeah. Um, Basically. Where we can kind of like. So Carol's husband is usually somewhere in the vicinity around our conversations. And basically what I've, what, what I kind of gathered from this microphone gift is that he's tired of our shit. So he was like, can you just fucking do it? Like, I'm tired of it. And he was also just kind of like, can you guys just fucking like tell people <laughs> like so about your opinions instead of just talking to each other? Like, I'm tired of it. So I, um, hold on. I op I had to open. I already opened one like before the podcast. So now I have two that are open. So I'm going to give this one to Daniel. Hold on a sec. Okay. So Carol's husband's name is yeah. Daniel. Mine is Jonathan, um, very, very sweetly referred to as Jay, <laughs> because I'm too lazy to write out Jonathan more often than not. Mm. So here we are. <laughs> so we haven't really like decided on like a format per se. Like we have like some cues, I guess, of like things we're going to use to like talk about um, the things that are going on in our lives and the things we've been obsessed with. So like. I guess we can, are you okay if we get yeah, started? Yeah, totally. let's do it. Okay. So, um, our first thing is going to be like, what's grabbing your attention right now right. or this week? Um, I guess like, because it's like the middle of January slash almost the end of January, we're like going to be talking about like the past couple of weeks, but mm -hmm. yeah. Um, for me, I, I was chatting with Carol about this like earlier is that I find that ever since Betty White passed away, um, there's been this cascade of celebrity deaths and I don't know if that's weird or if it's just because I'm paying more attention now, but you know, with Bob Saget, RIP, um, there's been like so many other deaths in like the last like week and a half, like four people, like that singer from Meatloaf and like another comedian and then Regina King's son. Like I, I feel like that's just like been happening or I don't know. It's, it feels weird. There's like another, um, actor too. He like died in like a skiing accident. 
So he was like a, yeah, he was, he was like a Marvel superhero in an upcoming show. And he passed away in a skiing accident recently. Like it was wild. So um, I don't remember his name, but you know, when you follow um, like accounts like pop culture and um, page six and things like that, like they're always reporting on these things. Right. So I feel like I've just been noticing that they like at least once a day or once every couple of days are reporting somebody passing away. It's wild. So I don't know if that's yeah, mean, and like but... not just maybe what's also like weird about it is that it's not just like old people. Oh yeah, like when Betty White died, everyone was sad, but like she was ninety nine, and people were like able to say like, oh, she lived a great life, sure, sure, right? Sure. But then all these other people are like young or like very unexpected. Mm-hmm. Like Bob Saget was like super unexpected mm-hmm. and like all that stuff, and like these like obviously like that person with the with the skiing accident, like that's crazy as well. Like all of these things are just so like random, mm-hmm. and then like younger people too yeah. like regina king's son is what like 25 26 or something like that like he was he yeah. was in his mid-20s for sure so yeah some spooky stuff like i i don't know i uh so that's kind of what's been grabbing my attention now that's like a very morbid note to start on is it making you think of your own mortality i mean i'm always thinking about that like enter being like an existentialist so I don't think I'm ever not or, thinking about that. Um, is it making you think about whether heaven exists? <laughs> um, Didn't mean to harken back to like the religious <laughs> stuff so soon, but like. <laughs> I'm trying to decide like where you want me to go because there's so many paths that have just come up in my brain. <laughs> and I'm just like, which one are we going down? How much time do we have? I don't know. <laughs> I don't so. know. Uh, I, no, it's, it's, it is very much a weird thing. I mean, like. Yeah, I, I also think it's weird that I feel like maybe it's just also being reported on more too because like Probably. it's kind of like, you know, like almost like this like cascade of things like when one person dies, like you kind of like start like and you start noticing like other people dying. Maybe it's like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's a weird it thing. It's so weird. It's also like not for the reason that you would expect, right? Like you're expecting like everybody's getting COVID now. Like what if people are just dying of that, but they're like dying of random things? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally totally so yeah so that's one of the things that I've been paying attention to what about you well I think like the biggest thing on everybody's mind and that everybody's been talking about for the past week is like Jamie Lynn and Britney Spears oh my gosh and well let's be real like we're both like and I think I can speak for us both on this one like we're both like exhausted at the topic Mm -hmm. um like I think we've both like just like oh there's just been an overflow of like exposure like on social media of like their relationship and all these things and like I can't say I'm here for all of it Mm -hmm. if I'm being completely honest because like I do agree with Jamie Lynn on some level where I'm like some of this should be kept private like should be just like within your own family and things like that Mm -hmm. but I will say that um okay like my feelings on the call her daddy podcast the first part like if I'm being totally honest I couldn't even listen to the whole thing like it was so like it was so hard to listen to like it was fucking like scattered as like it was crazy like I could barely follow a thought and like I also kind of felt like I was really mad after it and I remember I called Andrea and I was like yeah and I was like really upset because I was like literally like you don't know anything that happened like you're saying all these things 
like as like uh like in a third in a second or third person view of like oh this is what this person told me happened and so this is what must have happened Mm -hmm. and you're just like talking about it as if you weren't actually there and then when she when alex would ask her like oh so like what like what actually happened or try to like you know like clarify like what she actually saw she'd be like i don't know Mm -hmm. and i'm like so why are you writing a book on stuff that you don't actually know like write about stuff that you actually know about so if that's like you know your teen pregnancy or like how like your challenges like in your life growing up with like a sister that's a famous pop star like fine but like talking about all these instances particularly the instances like that involved britney Mm -hmm. and like not really being able to like really like share exactly what went on right or like the reasoning behind anything and then kind of also feeling like oh maybe you didn't like care what the reasoning was behind it because you kind of just like swept it under the rug and was like oh this is just something that happened I don't know that really frustrated me about the first part like I almost didn't want to listen to the second part when it came out because of how frustrated I was by the first part right it was the first part was very fragmented right and the thing that came up for me when I was listening to it was like because of how dissociated she even sounded when she was trying to recall these instances and the amount of I don't know, right? I mean, no one will really know if she actually doesn't remember or she doesn't know or if she's saying that because she's afraid of getting in trouble. Regardless, like, I don't, like, I don't know how reliable it is because if we go down the road of, like, okay, let's say it's fragmented in the sense of, like, she, she was heavily dissociated, and so her mom, right, or someone that was there is, like, filling in the gaps for her, right? Of course she's not going to remember because they're not her actual memories. Like, she doesn't have anything explicit attached to it. So how could she make meaning of something, right, that she has no actual memories of? It's just what she's been fed, right? Which is not, in of itself, is not, like, a problem, like, baseline. But when you're in this kind of context, right, where you're writing a book and people are interviewing, if you don't have any meaning-making capabilities, right, then what are you doing? Right? That's what I'm saying. So yeah. it's just, um, so again, it was like really hard to follow. And it was kind of like, then what's the point? Like, what are you, what are you trying to convey? So that was, that was what left that, that was the question that I was left with after part one being like, I don't understand what you're trying to convey. Like, what do you, what do you need us to know beyond the fact that you don't know anything? Cause we already yeah. knew that. Like, this is not yeah. new. Or also, like, we didn't need you to, like, go on the podcast or write a book for you to say you don't Right, know. 100%. And so when she goes into part two, like, I am also of the opinion that, like, text messages should be kept private, right? Can I be compassionate towards her need to just get everyone off her back? I mean, I guess in the sense of, like, the only thing that's going to, like, that's, the only thing that's going to satisfy people is proof, right? And so she she gave her version of proof. Again, it was very childish in nature, right, to give receipts about something like that, right? We, but at the same time, we're not really expecting her to be very much of an adult right now. So, I mean, kind of on brand, right? But beyond that, like, if you say, I don't want, I want this to be over, I don't want to talk about it anymore, then why did you write a book and do a press like interview? Like, I think that, <laughs> like, what are you I think expecting? that I agree. So I, yeah. And I agree with that. I just think that like the book was probably planned like, you know, long time ago. But I, I do subscribe to what people no, but I subscribe to what people were saying, which is just like that. 
this book has been planned for a long time and and like maybe during a time when like the free Britney movement was like stagnant, like nothing was happening, like Britney was still in the conservatorship and then she would like come out, you know, kind of like ahead of everything being like, I'm not involved, like blah, blah, blah. I think people still would have faulted her for it because they still would have been like, why aren't you doing anything for Britney? Um, which I think might've been like a fallacy that she didn't realize, but then, um, but at the same time, I think that she could have done a lot more. Like if, if then all of this stuff transpires over the past, like, you know, six months to a year and you have a book coming out and like, you know, that all anybody's going to be asking you is about your sister. Like, let's be real. Like in this day and age, like with everything happening and like her, like recently being free and all that stuff, like nobody, I mean, like, I don't want to be rude, but like, if you're the sister of Britney Spears, we want to hear about Britney Spears, not about your teen pregnancy. 100%. 100%. Or not, like, not that we don't care about your teen pregnancy, but just that, like, that's not the forefront of everybody's conversation. No, no, totally. And so... But even, but Carol, I think that, but even if, like, if this was, like, if she did this, like, two years ago, Carol, and, like, let's say Britney wasn't free right now, people would still be asking, if anything, they'd be hounding her. No, I know. Right. So regardless, I agree. So regardless, right. She was, she I would agree. be in a position where people would be out at, there is never a time in this life where people ask Jamie Lynn Spears about her. There is no, never. I and I think that that's, but I think that that's something that she like, and I think that that's something that's obvious in the podcast that she struggles with that. Like she cannot be seen as anything else besides Britney Spears. Sister, right. But that's not, which our is fault. like, didn't like no that's not her fault I mean like I I I can sympathize with that and I can understand that like she's a human being who wants to be known for her own things but I can also sympathize with the fact that like I still want to hear about Brittany and not about 100%, you 100% like 100% <laughs> I just find it curious that like you know for whatever reason she was able to score Zoe 101 right yeah. and she made it elite a lot of people love that show right and she got pregnant, and that obviously derailed her experience, right, as an actress, right? Then what? Did, like, I would, like, if she wanted to uncouple who she was from her sister, right? I, where is that effort? Am I, like, I, and that's, like, a genuine question, right? Like, and I would happy, I would be happy to, like, like hear about like is, as in like where's her like where where did she like garner a career right. and like make a name for herself right. separate from her sister yeah. you mean yeah she's been in a handful of no i agree with that there, yeah but look at what she did she was seen doing covers of her sister's song yeah right so for someone who says i, I hate being an afterthought she's really bought into that idea she's been reenacting that pattern she's benefited her... from it for right. sure right but she's been reenacting that. So she hasn't really, for someone who feels so emotional and slighted and like all of stuff, people, people don't care about me or whatever. She really hasn't done anything right to prove people otherwise. And that's her responsibility. If she hated it so much, what did you do about it? You wrote a book. Yeah. Yeah. When you're, when no, you're I, know. 30, I don't know. You wrote a book when you're 30. I know. Right, like about she your life, on, which is like one... half, like <laughs> still have to live. One hundred percent, right? If you want to make your own money, you want to make your own name for yourself. What what have you been doing? Right? Yeah. She was on Sweet Magnolias, right? First season, okay. Oh, I didn't watch it. She was. She was, but she was like a like a side character, mm. right? And so, I mean, she was fine, right? But that was the first like serious role that I've really seen her in 
since Zoe 101, at least that I've paid attention to, yeah. right? I'm sure she's like done yeah. cameos here and there, but none that I can remember, right? Yeah. So. No, she kind of went dark for after like she got pregnant and had her baby. She kind of went dark for like a long 100%. time. 100%. And she says, in, she says in the podcast that she like made a chunk of money that like Zoe 101 was nothing to snuff at, right? So if she mm-hmm. did, right, like how do other people in Hollywood do it? Like in terms of being able to continue their careers after they have a baby, because her, her yeah. two daughters are 10 years apart. So it's not like she's yeah. been having kids back to back and she's like been really busy and she made this choice to be a stay at home mom, which is, which are all great choices, right? Like it just is what it is, but you can't, you can't be saying like, I've always been an afterthought and done nothing to prove people otherwise. Yeah. Right. She's, she's no, created this narrative and this like life for herself that reenacts and reinforces that thought process. I agree 100%. I think that, but I think that the podcast and going on the podcast did what she wanted it to do. Like, I think it humanized her to a certain extent. I think that, you know, despite like people feeling that, you know, she shouldn't have shared personal information on, um, on like a public forum, you know, people have the proof that, you know, there's receipts, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, people are obviously going to critique that of whether they thought that was enough or whatever, you know, it's, uh, let's be honest, like in terms of like freeing Britney, it's never going to be enough. Um, but I think that she also like, she needed the people to talk about Yeah, 100%. No one, no one was going to talk about this book. No. Like no one was going to buy this book. Like now after the call her daddy podcast, like people will buy it simply because they, even if they don't necessarily agree with her, they might just buy it because they want to know, like, the details uh, or whatever or, like, hear more. I wouldn't go that far. I don't think it's going to sell out. I mean, we won't, but, like, other people might. People who are on the fence about it. Or, like, you you might think that some people turned and thought, like, like, because, you know, like, I, I will admit, like, obviously, like, much love for Britney. Britney's obviously our number one girl, but, like, she has had periods of time where she's been inconsistent right and like her her posting on social media has been like kind of like one way and then like the next day has been another way and so it's been it can be sometimes challenging to follow and so those people who were kind of on the fence they might have like heard Jamie Lynn's story and then been like oh she really did try like Mm -hmm. you know because like I feel like, and that's the one thing that, like, I can't get behind is that, like, I feel like she tried to, like, kind of blame it all on Britney and was mm-hmm. like, I did everything I could and Britney just did nothing with right. it. Um, and I think that that's a little bit, like, too far-fetched. Like, obviously, sure. like, if she was in a conservatorship for 13 years, like, first of all, there were reasons for why the conservatorship started. And, like, as a person who deals with people on conservatorships a lot, like, mm-hmm. like there are true reasons to put someone on that. Sure. Um, but, like... 13 years is really long oh, time totally. and there are definitely reasons even if she even if Brittany felt like she wanted to be out of the conservatorship way longer which it sounds like she did because she told Jamie Lynn this sure. then there was like much more that needed to be done than her just moving out of the state for six sure. months sure. to have it absolved sure. um I, I was and I think that that's the part that Brittany Lynn's probably or Jamie Lynn's probably missing I I'm still unsatisfied with um, her explanation of Brittany actually having her phone. Like, I, I I have never dealt with a conservatorship before, but I would imagine that there's, like, limited access to your cell phone, right? I think that, but I think that Brittany also expressed that, like, 
she like didn't have access to social media like she couldn't post things that weren't approved and like right all these right. things like because she's a public figure so like the things that might apply to like a typical conservatorship might not necessarily maybe much more highly scrutinized in her sense because she's a public figure right and because everything that she posts like reflects on her brand and therefore right now because it's underneath like a judge and a conservatorship is reflective of like the entire like group right. that's dealing with the conservatorship. So they probably were like very heavily like auditing, at least auditing everything that she would post before she posted it. Right. Um, right. At least that would be my perception. I don't know. Right. The, the truth of the matter is that like, I don't think I'm going to care about what Brittany, what Jamie Lynn oh, says. Yeah, totally. Until Brittany speaks. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, well, here's the thing. No one has rapport with Jamie Lynn. Like, even with Britney's post being, like, mildly incoherent in certain aspects, right, which is fine. Like, it is what it is. Um, people still love her, right, yeah. and are compassionate towards her, and, like, it makes sense, right? Like, there's this, like, unwavering compassion and empathy towards someone who's been through a lot, not just in the last 13 years, but just, like, across her lifespan, right? Jamie Lynn yeah. doesn't have that kind of rapport, Right. So, so yeah. no one's ever going to care to the same extent. No one's going to empathize with her to the same extent. Right. We, we, no, see, we see a post no. from Brittany. And if you look at the comments, it's always just like thinking about you, girl. We love you. All this stuff. Right. And she's like posting like a stock yeah. photo. Right. Yeah. And nobody cares because they're like, she's doing what she's doing. And it is what it is, which is completely fine. It's what her social media is supposed to be. Right. Yeah. It's supposed to be whatever they accept what they can get. Right. From as, as, yeah. as, as to be honest, as we all should. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so the fact that we have as a, as a, as an internet community can accept Brittany for what she is and how she shows up and let that be enough. Right. It's wild that we can't do that for other people. Yeah. That's like, true. let's be honest. <laughs> that's a whole other topic. It though. is. It but is. yeah. But beyond that, it's, going to be very hard for jamie lynn not to be seen as like the villain so this is and i was telling carol mm -hmm. this i think she's just like leaned into the fact that she's like the villain in the story and she's like well uh, the villain always needs an origin story so let me be like real-time maleficent so here we are yeah right if you don't if you don't want to see me as the hero and if you don't want to see me as like just the person in the story i will take what i can get which is the villain here we are in all reality, like the end point is that I don't really want to like hear anymore yes. from her yes. until I hear from Brittany. Yeah. No. Done. Like we're done. 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 Like don't okay. talk to me. Like done. <laughs> right? Like because there's nothing yeah. else to say. There's nothing else to say. And like honestly, those receipts were kind of like like I don't know that those receipts were enough because how can we guarantee that Brittany no, got yeah. them? What if that in of itself was giving information to like the people that weren't working in Britney's interest? Like we don't know who intercepted those those text messages. So yeah, she may have said all of that, but saying is one thing and follow through is another. It's like you can say all of that, but like yeah. if she's not answering you, like if it if that were me, Carol, if that were you and I, and there was something happening and you weren't answering my text messages, you know my ass is going to be on a plane being like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. 
right? No, I know. But she just chilled. So yeah, like she said all that. But stuff. also like if, if that was the same for me and we're not even blood related, if that was the same for me and I was like in a conservatorship and all you did was send me text messages about like what I should do, I would be like, bitch, that's not enough. Like, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I need real life help. I need you to put your ass on the line for me because I can't do that for myself. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So it's just like, again, and like someone wrote on Instagram and they said, you know what, if, if Jamie Lynn's experience was as bad as she was saying, even more reason for her to do more because she should have had that much more empathy towards Brittany. Yeah. And she could have been significantly more hands-on. A hundred percent. And it's not like she yeah. can't afford. If, if, she, if her childhood was, yeah, like if her childhood was so bad, if these parent, if the parenting was terrible, mm-hmm. if she felt unsafe, blah, blah, blah. Like imagine... Like your sister, your blood sister, yeah. who also grew up in the same yeah. way. You want to say, like, she's always saying, oh, Brittany's dad was my dad. Oh, Brittany's mom was my mom and all of those things. Okay. So like, you should also understand how betrayed your sister feels mm-hmm. when she is betrayed by her own Especially family. Especially when she's more of the cash cow too. Right. And that's yeah. just like next level. Like if you wanted to be an adult and buy a house and like she, cause she said, she's like, once I decided to keep the pregnancy and like all this stuff. Right. She was like, oh, um, I knew I needed to move out. Like, she's like, I needed to, like, take care of my family. Like, and I was like, that's cool. So if you were able to make adult decisions at, like, 16, 17, emancipate yourself, right, you couldn't, and then, and you're saying that you had money, then you could have afforded to figure something out. Like, you could have afforded a nanny. At some point in the past 13 years, like, you're saying, she's saying she was young when this all started, but, like, you haven't been young the whole time. You're 30. I don't know. I just don't think, I don't think text messages and like talking to a lawyer who like you admit that you thought was crooked and was not upholding Britney's interests is enough. Yeah. I really don't. No, 100%. Um, and the fact that like, that's the gavel on the subject, honestly. Totally. 100%. Like, <laughs> and I think it starts with the fact that like, because like a podcast saved Britney before her family did. So that's that on that. Yeah. I know. So much more follow through. But anyways, that's enough. We will. Ne- I really, I really like so much. Like I know that Brittany has like so much to go through before she's willing to share if she's ever willing to share. But like, I just like, yeah, I want it so bad. Like, yeah. Oh, I just, absolutely. I know, because yeah. we're all nosy as hell. Right. Like we want the tea. Yeah, I know. Right. Especially know, from her, especially from Brittany. More than anything else, conservatorship aside, like, um, can you tell us about like, uh what it was like to write every time tell us about your breakup like give us like all of like how was it like being in Las Vegas you know what I mean also like all that stuff she has never talked she's never talked about like what she wrote every time about I know like then, Jamie Lynn like Jamie totally blew that open like, oh my gosh oh my gosh next level and Crimea River like Justin has never I don't think Justin has ever said that Crimea River was about Brittany did he Britney lookalike I think he doesn't need to say it explicitly I guess that's true right I guess that's true that's true you know but anyway those times though oh my gosh so um the other the other thing that we were going to talk about obviously because I'm pregnant I um you know I wanted to talk about Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas um having a surrogacy um for their baby 100% I like I am I was like, so I thought like the way that they shared it was like really like nice. Like they basically were just like, Hey, this thing happened. Like 
because they didn't really owe us anything no. or anything like that. No. So I thought it was really nice the way they shared it. And I was kind of wondering, I was like, oh, that's like kind of interesting that she chose to have like her baby by surrogacy. Like, I was like, I wonder like what, I wonder if she's going to speak about like what kind of promoted like that. Cause like Kim Kardashian has been like very open about the reasons why she used a surrogate for her pregnancies because like she had like dangerous health conditions that could not like, you know, was not safe for her to be pregnant sure. anymore yeah. with any more kids. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if Priyanka had the same thing or they had like some sort of like fertility issues. I also didn't know this, but Priyanka's 39. Oh yeah. So yeah. So like once you're over age 35, like that is considered like a high risk pregnancy just because of your age, right. um, any, any pregnancy above 35. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if like that came into account or a factor or things like that. Cause obviously, and I forgot, like they have a 10 year age gap. So mm-hmm. like, this is not necessarily an issue for Nick, but like could be an issue for mm-hmm. her or maybe there was an issue with him. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I hope that they speak on it more because I think this is like really interesting. It's a really interesting way to, it's just cool. Like in this day and age, like there are so many ways for you to have babies and to get pregnant and things like yeah. that. Um, obviously like adoption is always like an amazing use of, you know, resources and like Mm -hmm. saving children that like otherwise like would go through the system and things like that. But like surrogacy is awesome. And I think that it's really cool that they were able to do that. I really do. Like, Mm -hmm. I thought it was a really cool announcement. And I thought I like was like, I want to hear more. But like, totally, you do. Totally. Did they say whether they had a girl or boy? I think it was a girl because I don't think they did, but I think people are assuming it's a girl. People are assuming it's a girl. Did you see that TikTok? Yeah, I totally did. So people are assuming it's a girl. And then this girl made a TikTok who was like, Nick Jonas just had a girl. Kevin already has a girl. Joe has a girl. Mm-hmm. Guys, we're getting the Jonas sisters. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> They're like, there's a gap in the market. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, like, Little Mix is on a break. Like, all these, like, other, like, girl bands are on totally. a break. Like, we need someone to fill it in. Right. A baby group. <laughs> to be honest, JK. like, it's so interesting because fertility wasn't even my first thought. Um, it was just like, oh, like she must be so busy. She may have like not even wanted to go through it. <laughs> so oh she's my gosh. Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's possible. I don't know. But that was my I, first It was not thought. the first thing that I thought of. Yeah, it was not the first thing that I thought of. I actually thought of her age first. Oh, no. Because I was like, it. yeah, I don't know. Or like, I don't know. I just thought of those things first. But like, I don't actually. Yeah. I mean. It, it like, seems obvious if you like, I just, I don't pay that much attention to Priyanka. I'm not going to lie. Right. So the, I, like, I always forget that they're like 10 years apart. Me too. Right. Yeah. Like, and honestly, I, in my brain, there's like a cap at like 35. Everyone is just like 35 in my head. Right. So even if I did, can Cameron Diaz, yeah, total, 100%, <laughs> Jennifer Lopez, 100%, because I literally like I have these Cameron Diaz, right. Is just like something about Mary is just like, it's just like in my head. Still. Yeah. Like that's what I see. Okay. And so I don't know. I just, um, yeah. So my first thought was just like, she's a busy actress, like activist. She's like doing all this stuff, right? Like maybe, maybe. she doesn't have time to have a baby that's clutch you have the resources to pay for a surrogate there's there's a girl who enjoys being pregnant or is not opposed to the impact that has in your body and like that was the first place that i went although your theory that's real that's so real your theory seems obviously more plausible considering well maybe i don't know but that was my first 
you never know i honestly though like that like whole thing about like it changing your body and stuff that's real like i'm like literally like i've been having like the pregnancy scaries about it like not even just about like how my body's gonna change but also like having like i've been having like weird dreams about like having this baby and like i don't know it like can't eat or like can't like do any i don't know like it's it's like it's just this weird thing like it's i don't know i think pregnancy makes you weird too and like changes a lot of things about you and so like i can definitely relate to the fact that like it's this thing that happens to you right right? and it's like feels like it's happening to me Mm -hmm. and it's not like it feels like it is me Mm -hmm. sometimes so it's like kind of weird like i'm still like in the stage where like i just look bloated so like i sometimes forget right But then, like, there are very specific times during the day where I am made, like, acutely aware that, like, this this thing is happening to me that's weird that doesn't happen to other people. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, totally. I don't know. It's, like, it's just a very weird experience, but. Um, yeah, it's just, it's uh, such a weird experience having to watch you go through that. Like, it's just, it takes a toll. <laughs> it takes a toll. It, it takes a toll on you, huh? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, although like, I will be honest, like I've been extremely lucky. Like I have had like very minimal sickness in my first trimester. Knock on like, wood. I've had some night, yes, knock on wood, but I've had some like nighttime nausea, some, some morning nausea, but it's like very mild. Sure. Like I like gag and that's pretty much it. Um, Wait. so I know that a lot of people like can't even eat or drink, um, anything. So I'm very lucky, but, um, to feel like this is happening to me and not like my body is turning cancer. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. Yeah. Very acutely aware. 100%. Um, the next thing we're going to talk about is, um, a contextual thing that I think everybody needs to know is that Andrea is a Charlie Puth stan. <laughs> um, and she'll probably deny it because like, she has not been very happy with him as of late. No, he's a loser. As a fan. He's a loser. And like, <laughs> and I'm not a stan. Okay. But her number but number one fan. Um like anytime I send him her a Charlie Puth TikTok, like she's already seen it. So um like has the notification bell on for him. So um his first damn (laughs) No peace. I can feel no peace in this house. Okay, nobody was gonna doubt that that was the case though. Bleeding straight for my neck. (laughs) Right here. Damn. Um, but anyway, I wanted to hear what you think of it. Turn me on like a light switch. Okay. Um, it's good. I've obviously played it a bajillion times. Like he had like a million streams, like on the day that, that it released. And it was obviously all for me. It's fine. Um, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll see how the album is. If he even releases it within a reasonable amount of time, like a couple of months. Knowing our luck, it'll probably be released, you know, in five years. So we'll see. Well, aren't all the songs like done? You know what, Carol, you'd think, but um, here we are. (laughs) He took five months to release Light Switch. So. No, I know. He is unreliable as hell, hence him being a loser. It's like, he is the, he is the worst person to be a stan of. Because he just okay, like share more. Okay, like, like why? Honestly, if you if you want if you like the feeling of getting your getting your heart broken on a regular basis, just be a Charlie Puth fan. It's fine. If that if you like that feeling, right? If you wake up one day being like things are too perfect, I need something to break my heart. Just just 
go just go be part of that fandom because like guaranteed he will break your heart it's fine it's fine and i think that everyone now has seen that we're talking to a cancer (laughs) (laughs) hey your cancer showing (laughs) i am what i am (laughs) no i'm not even kidding like when i called andrea to talk about light switch she, like, went on a rant for, like, 10 minutes about how, like, it didn't even matter because he had promised that it would come out on Friday and it came out on Wednesday. No, it came he, – he literally wrote in a caption, oh, it's Thursday. coming out on January 14th. And this bitch doesn't say anything. He, like, like a peep. All he did was delete his Instagram account, which apparently he does, you know, whenever he releases new music. So that – so, like, the wiping of his Instagram was on brand, but, like, he didn't say sorry or anything like that. No updates, nothing, right? But then on the Thursdays, like I've kept you guys waiting for like so. On Wednesdays, like I've kept you guys waiting for like so long. So, um, <laughs> the song's gonna come out at seven a.m. and then like be, I just like can't do this to you guys anymore. So like the music video is gonna come out tomorrow too. Like you know what? You're not doing us any favors. You're a week late. <laughs> You can eat a bag of dicks. Like, I literally can't. And she was like, I need an explanation. Why is he a week late? Yeah. Didn't he say he, like, needed to fix something about the song? Like, he was like, oh, it's not perfect. You know what? Something, something. I just, like, I don't care. I don't care. Honestly. I just, like, I don't care. Honestly, Andrea. <laughs> like, why, why did you need to, like, release a music video with the song? There's plenty of people release songs without music yeah most videos. people release the song first and then they release the music video yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I can't i can't so that's what Taylor i was like no like no sympathy nothing and Adele, just like follow nobody. through and if you can't follow through use your words i'm yelling if you are not going to follow through <laughs> please just use your words like communicate like he is a terrible communicator he's so annoying I'm telling you, this is the most heartbreaking, annoying fandom to be a part of. And, like, I quit daily. And then, like... You quit on him daily? Yes. That's very toxic. It is toxic. But here I am. <laughs> but here I fucking am. Okay? Okay, we need to move along because we need to get through the rest of the stuff. Oh, I know. Um, I wanted to talk about our book club because... Okay, so... Andrea and I like got started on, we actually like wanted to find something to do with our time that was like productive and not just being on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And we decided to start reading like kind of like at the end, like in the fall of last year. And we read like a ton of books Mm -hmm. from September to December. Pretty. We read 15 15? books from August until December. Wow. That's pretty good. Um, and like, we have a good reads and everything. And then we like got, um, Andrea's sister and then, um, one of our other friends involved in the book club. And we made a list of like books that we're going to read for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to read like a book every month. And then we also want to like, obviously like on the, you know, it's not going to take us a month to read a book, mm-hmm. but like, you know, and then we can read like whatever book in between that we want to right. read. So, um, this month, our book is the silent patient. Um, and if we're being honest, it's January 23rd and both Andrea and I are like, probably like mm-hmm. just like chapters in like, we're not, yeah, I'm about 10%. we're not like, uh, we'll, we'll recap it. Yeah. Like, we can recap it like next episode or something like that. Um, mm. but, um, that's a good idea. But yeah, if people want, if people yeah. want, um, it's a psychological thriller. Yeah. 
Um, it's about like a psychotherapist and like a, a girl who like murdered her husband. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know that. Um, so we're going to read that girl. and then <laughs> I don't read the description. Um, uh, and then, <laughs> and then in February, we're going to read Colleen Hoover's ugly love because I've heard so many good yep. things and, um, we love a good Colleen Hoover. So, yeah. um, if you want to join, um, and read along with us, please do. Um, we're going to be posting the books and fun. stuff like on our Instagram page, which is literally sisters pod. Um, so you can follow us there and then we'll like add it to stories and stuff like that. So you don't have to remember, we'll remember for you. So, yeah. And we'll link it, obviously all of our links to all of our social media yeah. stuff and, um, at the end of the podcast yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, the other thing we were going to talk about is like what we're obsessed with. And I am going to warn you that we only have four minutes left of this recording. So <laughs> maybe just one thing. Yeah. I think the, the thing that I'm like obsessed with right now is Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. This is why I haven't read because I've been like mm. plowing through this show. It's so funny. It's like, you keep telling me that I have to, that I have to watch it, but it's like, it's on Amazon. Like who watches things on Amazon? Like on, wow. Like, as like a, a platform. Okay. But as a platform, like I don't watch TV shows on Amazon. Okay. Sounds like a hater because I watch <laughs> Golden Girls on Amazon. Okay. ER is on mm. Amazon. Right? You need to expand your horizons. Like, your close-mindedness Maybe it's just is on Canadian Amazon, though. Huh? <laughs> Maybe it's just on Canadian <laughs> Amazon. Honestly. Sorry. You came from my neck. I had to come for yours. Like, thanks for chat, bro. Okay, so tell us about Marvelous Miss Maisel. Okay. Why should we watch it? Um, so, it's about um, a girl who's, like, um, I think she's 26, um, in 1958. And I guess it starts in 1958, so, like, season two is, like, 1959, et cetera, et cetera. And she's Jewish mm-hmm. in New York, and she's a stand-up comedian. So, it's kind of, like, just going through. So, it's not, like, sitcom-y by any means. It is dramatic, but it's funny. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just having mm-hmm. a really fun time seeing her like become a comedian and like navigate relationships and all that dramatic shit so um it's oh, definitely cool. up my alley how old is she i think she's like 26 or something like that oh, so cool. but like by like 1950s standards she might as well have been like 35 so mm. um so yeah that's fun so it's pretty interesting i like it it's really fun um i know you keep telling me that i have to watch it and i will i will give it a chance but um like Daniel and I are right now, like the fourth season of Ozark just came out, which is they're they've split it the last season into two parts. And so the first part came out and like, literally we've been obsessed. I had like the, the last season came out like a year ago. So I'd forgotten everything that happened. I hate when that happens. And so we had to watch the recap and then like slowly over the fa- first episode, we were like being reminded of, Oh yeah, that thing happened or that thing happened or whatever. And they have left us on so many cliffhangers. Like even in the first episode, it's been insane. Anyway, I don't want to give any spoilers away for because I know like people are like watching it right now. But like, honestly, it's amazing. It's such a good show. It will, though, be stressful. It's not like a relaxing show for you to watch. So if you're not in that mood, like don't watch it. But it's so good. It's so good. And like the cinematography and the writing is so good. Like I just I don't know. I just I really like the show. I'm really sad that it's ending. I feel like it could keep going. Um I feel like I had no contextual, like, feelings for Jason Bateman, like, ever at all. And, like, he has, like, he's such a good actor, like, in this totally. thing. Like, it's crazy. Totally. Definitely highly recommend I've never watched. Um, but I'll add it to the list. You, sh- you should try it. I know Jonathan did, but I 
never <laughs> did. So yeah, you and Jonathan would love it. I think Jonathan would love it. Honestly, like it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, but that's our show, guys. We will be more concise in the future. Actually, no, that's a lie. I know we talked. It, it was because we talked about Brittany and Jamie for like twenty minutes. Like Hands it was like, literally the whole thing. It's fine. But like honestly, um, we're gonna post this on everything. I don't have a list of places we'll be posting it, but like, you know, places where you listen to stuff. Spotify and I know. iTunes probably the most important. Spotify, one, iTunes, so. like all of those things. Yeah. Um, and then we are probably gonna post the video as well on YouTube. Um, once I figure out how to do it, but yeah, sounds good. Our producer, my <laughs> husband, will help totally. me. <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. Um, yeah. Okay. But it's uh, really nice to meet you guys, and I hope you'll join us next time. Sounds good. See you guys soon. Bye.